Hello and welcome back to the Bicky Podcast, Season 2, Episode, I can't remember, 4, I think. Um, yeah, I am joined, obviously, by the ever-present Grievo. How are you, my friend? I am fantastic, mate. Um, I'm excited for the start of this pod. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yep. is, it has been the best sort of lead-up to a pod we've had for ages, and yep. I, I can't wait to get into it. Yeah. Yep. Um, also joined officially for the first time from the start by our third co-host, Mr. Chubb. But you are on your holidays again. Where are you coming from <laughs> this time? Long old holiday, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so I think last time I spoke to you, I was in near John O'Groats, and now we're near Land's End. Um, Bloody hell. Gone full country. We've gone full country. So yeah, we're in a place, Mousel, spelt mousehole. Um, and yeah, it's lovely, yeah? So is it it's just that I actually spelt mouse hole? Yeah, spelt mouse mouse hole. But you say mousel. Mousel, yeah. The English language is just beautiful. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring yeah something like that up later because of what we're talking about, which I'll I'll, I'll keep it for later. Um, but yeah, keep that in mind about how beautiful the English language is. Um, but yes, we are also supposed to be joined um, by. Our honorary fourth, possibly new third member, um, Brookback. Um, me and Grievo, who are on the video chat, are currently looking at a black screen with some shit in the background. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Brookback is living with his partner, um, his girlfriend's parents, and they have currently got. The rest of the family down. So I think you said earlier they are there's a, there's four couples and two babies in in this one house currently. Um, so there's no room spare. So he has been kicked in to I don't know the basement, the garage, the shed, whatever. He's he's out. He's not in the main house currently. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's tragic. It's very very tragic. But also he's not here to talk right now because. They're all having dinner, but in, in true Brookback fashion, he, he's not gone to eat what they are eating. And he popped down the shop before we started filming uh, and recording to get a pizza. But the food that the family are cooking requires use of the grill. And you can't have the grill and the full oven on at the same time. So he can't cook his pizza until they finish with the grill. So, yeah, he will be here at some point in the near future, I'm sure. But it is just, it's special. It is the best thing I've ever seen. Literally, like, <laughs> it's, it's a darkened room. There's some sort of, like, powered steam steamer thing, like a bobble off in a box. Uh, yeah, There's, or, like, a humidifier or something like something that. Something like that. There's some tarpaulin. Um it's either a yoga mat or some pipe work in the back as well. It's just pitch I black. I think I can see a hacksaw. There's loads <laughs> going on. Yeah, I'm so, interested to know yeah, what they're last... cooking. Yeah, other I will than, ask him when he, when other, he, when other he than, joins. Other than bacon, when have you boys ever used the grill? Um, Cheese on toast? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I, do, browns, I do. Yeah, grilled, cheese, grilled cheese on toast. We never yeah. do it under the grill. Yeah, I've done it before. Yeah. Not, not I thought they're having cheese on toast for tea, though. 
No, no. <laughs> I think it's asking more than that, a bit more substantial. Don't it? they do steaks under the grill? Oh, no, no that's Mandy. No, Mandy oh, does okay. in the oven. Oh, I don't waste, know. Waste what? either way. Unless they're doing like a pasta bacon, grilling the cheese after, like to finish it off at the end. On the grill? Oh, potentially, yeah. I don't, possibly. I, that's all I can think of. I honestly don't know. I'm Googling it. <laughs> what, what can you grill? <laughs> what do you cook under the grill? <laughs> Charred tomato, tomato, tomato toasts. Yeah. Um, grilled chicken tenders. Uh, garlic lamb chops and mint and mustard. That's, that's that's a bit out there. That um, lamb chops. No. Grilled banana and ricotta pots. That's an option, apparently. <laughs> so yeah, hundred best grilling ideas. Do we have time to go through them all? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we don't. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, so Jamie, Jamie will join at some point. Um, it's just, just I'm just seeing the room getting darker and darker as we speak. It's, <laughs> it's brilliant. Obviously, <laughs> obviously can... I'm not on the video, but I'm excited to hear the giggles when he just sort of walks his back into his empty room. <laughs> it's like it's a pro- scene out of Blair Witch. It is. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Mike Myers is going to pop out in a minute and just start talking in the pod. Special guest. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, how is the second holiday, Chug? How are we doing? Yeah, it's really good, to be honest. Um, Mouse was lovely. A um, little bit like St. Ives, but smaller and less crowded. Um, but we went to St. Ives yesterday. Went to St. Michael's. You went there recently. Today. Yeah, I went there last year. Yeah. yeah. That was lovely. Um, and I've, I'm starting to notice, because obviously we're, we're doing it in the van, you, you know, like at home, you've got sort of blue and pink jobs. Um, sort of like, I know, Sam, you, you take out the bins, don't you? That's a blue job. Yeah. Um, but we've got that with the van. We've somehow developed into these blue and, uh, blue and pink jobs. So some of my jobs plug in the electric. I I deal with the electric um, and always lifting the paddle boards out of the van and then into the front seat. That's a man job. I do the lifting. Um, <laughs> and one of Ridley's is to sort all the things um, and be, be organised, organise the van. Because as we know, I'm quite messy. I've just done my cooking um, and I've left shit everywhere. Like it's all right being messy at home because it's easy to sort out. But when you're in a little sort of tiny little kitchen, is yeah, I've got to learn to be a bit tidier. I think. So, if you're making a list of blue and pink jobs, would do all the things be a pink job? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lift some stuff is blue. <laughs> Everything else is. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So you you've had a pretty solid summer, I'd say. Yeah, it's been a good summer. Yeah. Mm. I think we all have to be fair. Oh, we're talking. We're talking summer from June onwards. Obviously, I've had marriage, Barbados, Cornwall, um, and I've just come back from Bude and Weymouth. Yeah, that's pretty massive. I think you've you've actually probably done more than me, but you've just spread it out. I didn't yeah. spread it out. All my you've had a big been... August. Yeah, massive August. Yeah. Um, Sam, Sam's done Cornwall, hosted a couple of barbecues. We've also all done South Matter as well. Yeah, I was in Corsham this week. Oh, very nice. Yeah, a couple of nights away in Caution. I was lovely that. Yeah, it was a pretty good summer. Summer 2K21. 
I mean, it doesn't take much to beat Summer 2K20, let's be fair. But no. we've had a good crack at beating Summer 2K20. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. First things first, then. It is the usual segment. It is the Bicky Breakdown, where we break down any news we found, any random news stories, or any major news stories. Also, we got quite uh, deep on the last one with the with the not the last one, the one before. Was it the last one? God knows, mate. Over the one or the one before, we talked about obviously the Plymouth shooting. I suppose keeping on that sort of level of seriousness, it's it's, it's all the stuff going on in Afghanistan at the moment. That's the huge, huge news story right now. Um, it's not a place I'd want to go. No, I mean, if, if I was like part of the army, I meant not like holiday. Obviously, summer twenty twenty two. No, but I meant because Sarah's got uh, a friend whose husband is Marines, and he's possibly going to get called out there if if the British decide to send people over. And I would not want to be her at all. Wouldn't want to be him more. Well, yeah, I wouldn't want to be either. And yeah, to be fair, um, no, my my dad was in the armed forces in the Navy. So he was quite lucky where he didn't have to go sort of front line. But he did sit like 10 miles off the coast of, of quite a few sort of like, like Afghanistan, like 2003 era. He was Afghanistan like doesn't have a coast, mate. Um, well, he wasn't on the coast of Afghanistan, but he was <laughs> on the, the nearest coast uh, around there. Was it Iraq war? It was Iraq war, wasn't it? Yeah, around it might there. be Iraq. Does that have a coast? Don't know. Oh, hold on. Iraq coast. <laughs> Luckily, you got Google there, isn't it? <laughs> That's so good. Just Google it. Yeah, it's got 36 miles of coast. Um, and, yeah, so <laughs> he used to just, like, sit off, off there, sort of just being support. So, like, the Marines used to board it, get fed in, and got sent out again. So he's not been front line, but he's, he's been about. Yeah. It's, it's pretty horrible. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the videos of the of the planes leaving and everyone just on yeah, oh, yeah. the runway and try and jump on the plane and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not nice. Like, I can't imagine not wanting to be in your country, not feeling safe in your own bloody home. It's, it's just mental. it's quite hard, isn't it? Because like seeing it now, it makes you think like, oh, were we wrong to pull out? But then, like, we can't we can't just maintain a country forever. Like, it's got to re- restore natural order eventually. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it has to look at some point. Yeah, it's it's hard, and I don't envy anyone involved at all. Um. So yeah, would you send our wishes from the Vicky podcast to everyone in Afghanistan going through this? Uh, all you refugees, hope you do find safe haven somewhere. Um. Yeah, and anyone got any lighter news that we can break down in this segment? I. I've not, but I've got an update for you. Yeah. Um, so on a, a couple pods ago on your prediction pods, Percy, you kindly brought up for me um, about my dilemma with um, Rodney's toy, Rodney's new toy. Oh yes, yes. So you saw Peter the Frog. Peter is his name, um, and we did. Uh, we took your advice on board, and we did give Peter to Rodney. Sacrifice, but, yeah. I think we've learned something about Rodney in this whole experience because what we did was we left Peter in Rodney's bed for Rodney to sort of find. But I can tell you now, Peter is still standing and currently cuddling with Rodney. It's not, 
Rodney has chosen not to destroy Peter. Wow. Um, and actually plays with him, squeaks his little hands every now and then. Um, but I think because we didn't give him to him when he was all excited, when when you sort of come back from the shop and like, you've got something behind your back and he knows it, and then you give it to him, he's like, right, I'm going to destroy it. Um, <laughs> but no, he, he didn't do that. So Peter is still currently living and he's sitting in Rodney's bed now. That's nice to hear. That's a good story. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. what we wanted it because it was a cute frog. We didn't yeah, we really like want him to die, but we wanted Rodney to have him and it's probably one of his best friends at the moment. That's sweet. We like this. We like this <laughs> like a lot on the Vicky podcast. <laughs> so um, I appreciate your advice on that, Bob, when I wasn't there. Yeah, we are, we know, you know what this podcast is about. We offer top-class advice. Um, yeah. I'm glad to see that it's, like, yeah, it's, it's working. And, and anyone else has any pet-related advice they want to uh, ask us about, then, yeah, hit us up, uh, com or Instagram socials. I would like to reach out to some pet advice or just animal advice, if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, one of our neighbours' cat keeps shitting on our lawn. <laughs> yeah. um, how do we stop it? Electric <laughs> uh, fences. We have thought about that. We've also been told, which is a bit inhumane, which we have not done, is get a couple of planks of wood where he normally shits with some nails in it. <laughs> um, apparently toothpicks in the ground that also works but again doesn't sound great I don't um, know if it's worth buying because yeah we've got a cat and when when we first got off it was young it was, a, it was a little kitten and it would wee on the floor and there's a certain cleaning product which has like cat desensitising stuff in okay um and then they stop. Supposedly, they smell. They smell the cleaning stuff and think, "Well, I've already sent it there, so I won't we there again." Sort of thing. It's like it's like you know when cats and or cats and dogs they both scent things, don't they? It's like yeah. on their territory. So it has that in it. So it does that to stop them we in there again because they think they they smell it and they think they've already weed there. So they think, oh, "I'm not going to weed there again." And okay. Then spread a load of that over your garden. I don't know. And or another it... another scent apparently that like is citrus. They don't like sort of lemon and orange and stuff. Okay. So. I think we've ordered some like pellets, which re- <laughs> which release this scent. Um, they're biodegradable, and if birds eat them, they're all right. So oh, sorry, we've, yeah. we've gone for the humane route. If not, then I'm gonna have to sit out there with a hose. Yeah, <laughs> so that's my next plan. <laughs> um, Is it front garden yeah. or back? Front garden. Okay, so you could get a little rocking chair of your hose, just waiting for this little bastard cat, <laughs> and then nail it with those. Annoyingly, it's every two weeks he does it um, which coincides with when I don't mow the lawn so <laughs> it's a good kick up the ass for me to mow the lawn but I <laughs> yeah it's, it's not welcome so for for Chug and for the listeners uh, Jamie has just entered the scene <laughs> that he is filming from I can see he's struggling to actually get into the recording um <laughs> He's, it, just, it just looks tragic. Someone's just ordered a pizza for Anne Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to get another picture of him actually there. Look at him. <laughs> but, it, oh, this is, uh, this is unbelievable. This is beautiful. I'll put these pictures on the, on the socials um, yeah. after this gets released. Obviously, we're, again, for a special listener of ours, we're filming, recording on a Tuesday. Um, so this will be released on a Friday. Um, oh, 
I believe he has entered the chat. No? Hello. It, there he is. I am here. Ham, how are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Could, could be better. Could be better. But we already, We've already explained the situation to the listeners, but I feel oh, like we, God, we, we should hear it from your perspective. Started. Oh, well... <laughs> So it was my girlfriend's parents' wedding on Saturday. Uh, bearing in mind, we're recording this on a Monday. So all the families come oh, shit, down from God knows where. And um, we've now got four couples and two babies living in one house. So as you can imagine, showering situation is horrendous. Cooking situation is horrendous. Trying to plan and organize anything within a quick time frame has been horrendous. So, yeah, it's been very frustrating on my part, which is why I came back. We, well, we were we planned to do this at eight. Uh, came back, I was like, okay, I got 20 minutes, but I can put stuff in the oven, like all good, eat food, don't need to worry. I didn't get the oven until like 10 past eight because <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just doing this first. It's like ridiculous, but yeah. That's my situation. We'll move on. We, we like... were trying to work out what were her family grilling. Uh, cheese on toast with tomato. Yes! Yeah! Yes! <laughs> and I believe some spring onion was in there as well. Oh, I didn't go spring onion. <laughs> oh, what a shout. Jug. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> Uh, um, you're also in the garage, mate. Why didn't you have the cheese on toast? Oh, so, so, well, because it was one of those things where, like, they made like four slices, so it wasn't even a oh, on some <laughs> like they proper just prepped all of that. And yeah, so I'm in the garage because now the only spare room within the house <laughs> is uh, Emily's mum's dressing room, which happens to be directly <laughs> next to where the babies are sleeping who are going to bed as we speak. <laughs> so I would then have to be whispers. <laughs> it would just be horrendous. So I'm currently sat in the garage, which I'm surprised the Wi-Fi reaches here. <laughs> but there so I think this is the best connection you've ever had since we've ever known you. Like... Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> at this point, what's in the white box? The white box, uh, that is... Oh, actually, I didn't even know. Oh, it's a, it's a pressure wa- washer, but I'm Ooh. pretty certain that's not in there anymore. I think it's filled up of stuff. Okay. Well, Sorry to the listeners that. at home who don't see this white box. Oh, they'll see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've this got does, pictures. We, it also looks through. like a hostage situation currently. <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's a British a, embassy. A very, very dodgy webcam on this laptop, which don't look great. <laughs> I don't think the pod earns enough to uh, release you, unfortunately. No, so not. If there is a ransom, we we cannot pay. <laughs> we we need we need a few extra special guests before we can afford that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any any Vicky breakdown stories? Um. Oh God. I honestly, my my whole entire week has been so crazy. Uh, that I've had no chance at all to look for news. One day I was in the car, then a bag over my head. Next thing I know, <laughs> I'm on a plane. Oh, I have no idea what's going on. I, I mean, I've, I've got a window. I, I can see a wall. It's getting dark. So, yeah. there you go. I've, I've covered half the world for you. 
<laughs> um, I suppose the the big thing that's happened. I know we talk, we don't like to talk about sport too much, but there has been a big, big movement in the sporting world recently. Um, two of the greatest players of all time have moved clubs. Um, so yeah, Messi to PSG, which is mental, forming the probably the best attack there's ever been and ever will be in Neymar and Mbappe and Messi. Yeah, for one season only, by the look of it. Yeah, but what a season. Yeah, um, big season. Well, there was, um, was rumours that Mbappe might be leaving, but I think that's confirmed now that he's not. Yeah, I don't think there's enough time now, is there? No. No, um, I mean, I, I did see a video, apparently Madrid were just sort of playing mind games, so they offered 160 mil, like, this late in the window to almost sort of say to Mbappe, look, we're willing to offer you this when you've only got 10 months left in your contract. So we want you, like when, when you become available, you're ours, basically. Almost like a pre-agreement without actually agreeing anything. Smart move. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, apparently he's always wanted to kind of go there as well. So um, it makes sense. And at this point, I think PSG just, I mean, have to kind of admit that they're not getting any return on him. I mean, Money-wise, yeah, it's, no. It's a big loss, isn't it? Because mm. they spent what 160, 170 on him originally. I suppose if you bring Messi in, maybe that's a bit, a bit of sweet. You don't mind too much. It does soften the blow a bit. <laughs> yeah, just a time. But this is why I don't get. He's got what is something like 120 days left in his contract now. Something, something along those lines. I think is what was quoted. And if you're PSG and you know, you unless you're confident that you're going to re-sign him within those 120 days, I don't understand why you would turn down the money. Unless it's a yeah. game of chicken, and then unfortunately it's just not gone right for them. I suppose it's just to have the best team ever assembled for a season. That was, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a good enough excuse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and then you've got the other goat uh, returning home, as they are saying, to uh, to Old Trafford. Ronaldo's yeah. back. Is is long 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 lane spellers finished? I'm a bit nervous to talk about it because. Not everything's been agreed. Not everything's finalised. It's all sort of... it has now. Yeah, but I don't think he's done his medical. I don't think everything's gone through yet. Um, so it's... he he completed his medical last night. He did, did he? Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's obviously about to go away to Portugal for a couple of games anyway. Yeah, it's exciting though. It is really exciting. He's not going to be the same player, but it's just it's a it's a vibe in it really well making a reference to um the previous podcast where we broke down um the premier league season our predictions and we said we logistically only ever saw three players this season getting 20 plus goals that's now gone up to four because in your I, opinion I, yeah, I, unless uh, your name is unless your name is griever i i would say that ronaldo has the if you're going to say out the four players that we said lukaku salah now ronaldo uh, and Harry Kane, I think Ronaldo has the best chance of getting 30 goals. Oh, I really don't. I, Based on I what? I'm not sure. I, I always doubted him before and he's turned up, so I don't know. His goal-scoring records everywhere is, he has gone. Is, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Speaks for itself. And I know he's 36 and obviously age will catch up at some point, but until he proves us otherwise, and he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down, I don't think you can question that he's going to take 
I mean, yeah, they're more, more than likely to be on penalties, and they may not do get a lot of penalties. Mm. I think the when when uh, Ollie first come in and Bruno, it would like it would be Rashford one game, it would be Martial another game, it would be Bruno. So I think they'll do that just to sort of keep yeah, everybody you, happy. You think Ollie's got a bollocks to tell Ronaldo he's not taking? I was going to say that's not happening. Ronaldo's he's got to say everything. He's got to do something, hasn't he, to sort of gain some highlights. Yeah, it's a huge ego to get under control. <clears throat> Ollie doesn't yeah. look quite like the man to do it, so it would be an no. interesting. It, yeah. I think Ollie's tactic, because he's obviously a former teammate of his, I think the tactic he's got to go for is get him into like the coach's like, room sort of thing and try and get him to be involved on that aspect as well. And mm. then once you've got him on side you can then have those kind of back and forth with him about those sort of things. Mm. And you, you saying that you'll get 30 goals, that no one does that. And I know he's Ronaldo and I know he's one of the greatest of all time, but it's happened like, what, three times ever in the Prem? And like, yes, he scored, he's, well, he scored loads of goals wherever he, he's gone. He's an absolute goal machine. Uh, I think he only scored, what, I say only. He scored 27 goals, I think, in the Serie A last year, which is more than Lukaku, to be fair. But the Italian league, the like the way the just the way they play and the different style of football is just so different. I, I just can't see. Don't get me wrong; he's going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Um, regardless, he's he's going to have a great season for normal people standards. But I can't see him hitting 30 goals this season. I mean, Especially you know, when you think in the Serie A and at times in the Liga, he was pretty much the main man of the team. And I, I United still, but there's goals from everyone in that team. I, yeah. think the, I think the thing is as well, though, I think the Serie A is typically a slower league in terms of pace of the way that the kind of game's gone. I mean, you can also argue that Premier League defences that you've got to play a lot more difficult oppositions. Um, but I would predominantly think that he's going to be coming in and playing that number nine role. I don't think he would be playing on the wing at all. So he's got the best opportunity possible. And I think for the longest time now, Man U have struggled and haven't had that striker. They've had Cavani, but obviously he's not always consistent with his age. Mason Greenwood has had a really great start to the season. And has scored three three goals in three games, so arguably should be continuing with his form. But I mean, when you bring Ronaldo in, you could have moved out of the way, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. He he will play the number nine role, um, but he won't score thirty goals, mate. And and, and if he does, then fucking fair play. But he's, he's I want not. you to eat eat the hat that you're wearing. I just bought this hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll eat another hat. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> cool. Let's uh let's finish the big breakdown there. Um strong. Strong, I think. What is Chuck, is that you? Are there kids in the background? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Is that your basement, Jamie? There's a few kids <laughs> running around the campsite, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I yeah, was, I was worried. Week. I was worried because the boiler started making noises. I was just like, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> it's the kids that have been stolen in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to this week's episode. 
I mentioned earlier that we all did a Tough Mudder this summer. Um, was it two weeks ago now? Yeah. Two weeks ago, yeah. So we are going to dip into our go-to format that we like to do. Um, and we're going to, because we've all done it now, so we're all obviously experts. So we're going to give you all a guide to doing a Tough Mudder. Um, yeah, we're just going to break it down from, you know, the the training, the, the pre-event, all the way through to how to recover perfectly from a Tough Mudder. Um, yeah, Jamie, you've now done three. The rest of us have done one. But I'd say we're all experts. I mean, it, obviously, you three added together is free. So basically, yeah, all, yeah. all on the even playing field. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we enjoy it, boys? Oh, yeah, it's quality oh, day. Quality, isn't it? Yeah, it was really good. Sam, how, how did you find it? <laughs> I, no, I, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. I, the running bit wasn't nice, but I did enjoy the rest of it. It was good. <laughs> Chug, there was something that you mentioned on the day as well that I thought, obviously, now we have the opportunity that I think you wanted to talk about something that has previously been said on the pod. Sorry, mate. You're going to have to help me out here. <laughs> said a lot um, of things on the day. You, you, uh, you mentioned a statement that uh, Samuel had said on the pod. Do you remember what the statement was? No. Uh, that Oh, Sam, do you remember what you said that you would have to be doing for Chug? I say a lot of shit, mate. Oh, yeah. He said that he was getting prepared to carry around the dead weight. But, <laughs> oh, I think all the boys would agree on who was... In oh, the- I, 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 I was, but there was a moment I did have to uh, drag your, your body... <laughs> um, so I mean I was 99% wrong but it did happen <laughs> that one time there was a huge redeeming factor which I'm sure we'll get onto when we talk about the obstacles um, but yeah there was, there was that one particular one where you were a saviour to me yeah yeah so for anyone that doesn't know a, t- a tough mother you can either uh, have a choice of doing two things you can either do a 5k um, and then do less amount of, of obstacles, which is sort of like the, the half version of a Tough Mudder. Or you can do a 10-mile uh, run with 25 obstacles. So uh, the boys were asking which one we should do, and I said we had to do the 10-mile one because otherwise yeah. you didn't get the full experience. Yeah, it's all or nothing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did it um, in Gloucester, which is probably the closest one for, for most of us. Um Probably it's the, it was a went to Babington Estate, which is a very nice, very posh uh, estate. It's the first time Jamie's been there, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's I, the third I, I, time I, Jamie's been there. I've, so... I've been there three times. I was having I was having one of my moments. So... <laughs> Sam, I think you you should explain that, uh, Jamie. Well, just previous to us starting, just general chit chat, not seeing each other for a while. So I said, "Oh, Jamie." you know, have, have you been here on your previous two? And he said, oh, no, 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 I've not been here. I went to a Gloucestershire the last two times. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking right, idiot. Mate, once, I go, once I go past Exeter, I don't know where the fuck I'm going. So, <laughs> I like my nose starts bleeding. I get all dis- disorientated. It's too far for me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, it set the tone for the day, that. It was, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was a very fun day. Um, yeah, so we shall start with how to be really good at a tough matter. First things first is your preparation. You know, 
you're training, you're warming, you know, you're warming up, not warm up on the day, but sorry, you're warming up for the event. Um, yeah, so we did fuck all. <laughs> I, I would, I would like to say now, um, and I think we felt it by not doing fuck all. Um, yeah, I'm I think sure Sam certainly felt it. I think the Vicky podcast has done a fantastic test, haven't they, to see what it's like to do a t- tough mudder with fuck all training. Um, I think we can all conclude that don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we we got we got round it in four for four hours in the end. But four and a half hours, I think it was. Yeah, so you know, and which is fine. That, that's sort of like an average time. There was a few people that from our group that were behind that we that finished after us. They obviously took longer than us. But there were a fair few that were that finished before us, and there were a fair few from the ways behind us that were coming past us. It was obviously not it was not a super competitive time, but you can get round it without training. It's just it takes a bit longer. It takes a bit longer, and you do certainly feel it. As you know, I think <laughs> Sam, about mile seven, we're like, oh, fucking done now. I, I don't want to. We get to Nov School and be like, nah, I can't be fucked anymore. No, I, I, I love the <laughs> obstacles. Still yeah, that's why I went. I went to do the obstacles. Yeah. I didn't go to a run in between. That's there the... was like, there was a two mile run between obstacles. And it's like, <laughs> I didn't pay for that. I'm going to the park and do that. <laughs> Um, Jamie, you did do some training, like a, a very minimal, but more than oh, most of us. Well, yeah, like so, again, minimal being the optimal word. Um, I had um, just sort of started going back to the gym, so I'd most likely had about a month's worth of going to the gym, and then I'd been swimming for about two weeks before it started, which I've at the moment is my kind of my cardio. Um, and like takes all the pressure off your knees, takes all the pressure off your joints. So that's what I've been doing. And you know, I wasn't too bad. Like I will, like I will admit, there were times where I was a bit gassed, and I was more than happy to walk along with Sam. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was more, it was more the upper body strength that I definitely found like factored in for me a little bit more because there were a couple of when we had to do like the um, the hero wall and stuff like that, where I was just was just able to push myself up that little bit more. Where some of the some of the other boys on the day struggled just that little tiny bit. Yeah, I think there were three clear groups. There were the ones who often do sports. So I think Chuck, do you still do your five aside every now and again? I I hadn't done it in about a month, but previously I was doing a bit of five side. Yeah, yeah. And then you got Lucas and Ryan who do it on a weekly basis. You got Jamie, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan the postman. Uh, I think that needs to factor in. He's also it. a postie, so he's yeah. on his feet all day every day. You get like a base level of fitness doing that, and then Jamie, you, you're doing your basketball, you're doing a bit of swimming. So like it was that, that was the cardio boys. They they were suited for the running, and then you had Percy and Bruce who are both gym fit. So they they were good at the obstacles, they were good at the lifting, they you know, all that sort of stuff. And then there was me who was neither a part of any of those groups, um, <laughs> but I was there for a good time. Stephen, uh, Sam, Sam, I think you, I think you found a really great tactic because, as you said, the cardio boys, we started to struggle because it rained on the day for us, which in some ways makes it better because it makes it a bit muddier, makes it a bit more fun. But for the cardio boys, we were struggling because it was raining and we were getting cold. 
Well, like we could feel our muscles like soaring up, but whereas you've put on extra layers of fat, <laughs> you were able to insulate yourself more. So I, I don't think it was affecting you as much. So it's something that you kind of like honed in on. Yeah, on the Arctic sort of dip, I was like a seal, mate. I was just straight in, <laughs> boss, boss, boss. Pop out the other sides, I'm ready to go. Yeah, like, and I told also, you, relate- my tactic was get fat, not fit. That was my tactic. <laughs> <laughs> Relating to the cold aspect as well, because we wanted to do it as a group and get around as a group, the ones that, you know, the cardio boys that did want to go off and run, like Lucas had, you know what Lucas like, bags of energy. We wanted, to, but we also wanted to do it as a group, so we sit back, you know, and walk with Sam on the on the bits in between for parts of it. And the trouble is, when it is cold and wet, if you are, go do go for a run just generally, when you stop, it's hard to start again because your mm. you know, muscles do seize up a bit. Um, obviously, we had a major, major injury in a, in, oh. in, the, in the group. It was, yeah. a, it was a ten out of ten on a pain scale, um, and <laughs> it was our, it was our resident physio Bruce, who will never ever, be, <laughs> never ever be on the pod. Um, he, I don't know what he did. He pulled his, he cramped, basically his thigh cramped up, his quad cramped up. That was it. Um, um, he, he was letting me know because I was chatting to him uh, at the end. Um, it was his daughter's birthday so he was never he was never meant to be coming yeah i believe it was a about a a half nine ten o'clock phone call with you percy and then with me and lucas of convincing him that he should come because his family had spent the whole day with his daughter already and uh the family has said he should go and he said i felt i feel morally wrong leaving on her birthday and we've said we've seen you do a lot of morally things that you should never have done. <laughs> so I don't feel like this is a, an excuse. So he turned up and he had trained legs the, the day before because he just didn't think he was coming. So yeah. his legs, he said, by like mile four were just on fire. Yeah, but but being a physio, he he didn't really know how to heal or, or recover <laughs> from this pulled quad. So he asked some females walking by and to to, to, uh, to tell him how to <laughs> how to recover from a quad cramp <laughs> but he'd done three years of training to be a physio so so really on reflection who was the worst <laughs> <laughs> yes to be fair you know ne- you never you never stopped you never i never stopped it. yeah yeah i'm calling bs on bruce's injury like He's the most he, injury-prone man I've ever seen. Oh, There's yeah. no way he trained legs before, and Did you see him? He's all upper body. He's, he's, <laughs> he skipped every leg day and going. <laughs> uh, like, literally, every time you look at Bruce, he's just twiddling his thumb because he's like injured his thumb somehow. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he had to get one, didn't he? Yeah. And I think on reflect, I think I did maybe run about two and a half miles a bit. So I wasn't walking the entire time, but I, no. I mean, I was a lot more out of shape than I thought I was. I did. I backed myself before going in and I was wrong too. Yeah. So moving forward, yeah. we are, we are booked in for another one next year. We, we sort of decided we're going to make it an annual thing. Um, and we're going to try and get around all the various locations. Um, I'm definitely keen to do a Scotland one and sort of make it. You could even make a week of it with the with the wags and the children as well. You know, start off with Tough Mudder and then have a week in Scotland, sort of thing. But that's for a future conversation. But yeah, we we are booked into 
Uh, the Midlands one next year, next April. Um, I'm certainly going to do some sort of training for it. Uh, are you boys? <laughs> I don't think I need to. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say for the rest of the group, Sam, please do some training. I'm going to. But my, my aim for next time is to be able to even just like a jog around like the entire way. Yeah, I, 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 we've all got yeah, we've all got our own aims, which we'll we'll get into. Yeah, but yeah, going back to earlier when I was talking about the English language, um, the location of the Midlands one is at a castle again, so like a you know a nice nice grounds and all that. It is spelled B E L V O I R. For the for the dyslexics in the world, Percy, can you tell tell me what the word is? <laughs> I would have gonna ask in a minute. So it the way it's spelled, you think it would be pronounced Belvoir Castle. Yeah. How do you think it is actually pronounced? Belvoir. Chug. I miss the spelling because I was trying to work out to shut up the kids. B E L V O I R. If you were to pronounce it how it's spelled, you'd think it would say Belvoir. Yeah, Belvoir. 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 Yeah. Belvoir. 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 It's Beaver. Beaver Castle. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It is pronounced Beaver Castle. So that is where that is where we'll be. It's near Nottingham and we're gonna have a little weekend of it as well. Yeah. Um yeah. We'll, we'll, I think we'll talk we'll talk about we'll try and track some of our training. I'm not gonna not do Going to do like a full fitness page of Vicky podcast training for the stuff matter, but every now and then I'll post up a little update and we'll talk about it a little bit of how things are going in the Vicky breakdown. Um, yeah, so it'd be nice for you all to follow that along as well. Um, moving on to on the day, the sort of warm up pre match nerves. Um, yeah, as you say, we've already, we already said that we had a, a lovely conversation with Jamie about how many times he's actually been there, so that set the tone. Everyone's in good spirits. Um, the warm-up. <laughs> it's it's tacky. A bit mm. over the top. It's cheese. But it does set the tone. It does it does put you in a sort of laughing mood, right? You know. It, it got me warm. Yeah, it did get me warm. It's but I feel to get like you warm also... and get you in the spirit, isn't it? I feel, yeah. I feel like Sam exerted too much energy. At the start, okay. yeah, I, I knew I was fucked when during the warm up my breasts were bouncing, and I thought, <laughs> you know what, I'm in the wrong place here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think as well, it all depends because as you kind of go in, you can't for for you boys, you didn't really know what to expect, and so as you said, it puts you in that mood or that mindset already. But also, I think sometimes is because you're like built up with energy and built up with like ready to go. You can sometimes overexert yourself and then find in the first mile you're proper going for it. And then you, you kind of like screw yourself over for the rest of it. Yeah, this is where I've learned from previous. So I've done a 10k and a half marathon. I usually would it'd be you'd get into the mood of the, you know, the atmosphere and I fucking bust off sprinting the first sort of two meters. And then I'd be knackered for the rest, you know, the, re- the remaining 9,998 metres. Um, so, yeah, that would be my tip. Uh, get Enjoy the warm-up, but don't 
get, hype yourself up too much and then sprint off that first sort of 100, 200 metres because it just it tires you out already before you've even fucking got to the first obstacle. To be fair, how that hype man was doing all the warm-ups like after each other and he was proper going for it as well. He wasn't holding back. Fair play yeah, to him. It was a good effort. There's one answer to that and it's a powder that comes from Colombia. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only way you could possibly do what he does. <laughs> You certainly Maybe made you some of that to, uh... next time you go. <laughs> <laughs> Top tip. <laughs> if you're nine and you've got a sports day coming out. <laughs> you're nine, you're doing the mini muddlets there. The little mudder. Um, no, but genuine top tip, actually. Just thinking about a warm-up. If you're there on your own, don't fucking say you're there on your own. <laughs> Because there was one guy that was there on his own, and he, the the warm up bloke was just on him after that, like constant. He wouldn't leave him alone. And I just we were just looking at each other, thinking, what, like I'd hate that. Like, so yeah, if they're on your own, don't admit to the warm up guy that you're there on your own. Just stand with a group and pretend you're with them. You've got to be some kind of weirdo though to go and do that by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I would say weirdo. I feel like you've got to have a lot of confidence to go and do it by yourself. Yeah, because. The course is generally set up for everyone to help everyone else out. Like there are there are obstacles where you need someone to boost you up or lift you or pull you up. So it is it's weird that you would go there on your own. Unless you're doing it for a competitive time. That's the only other reason I would think that you would do it by yourself. Yeah. Or you organize it to go and then everyone drops out but you possibly waste it. Possibly that that could have been a situation. Yeah. But yeah. Don't don't admit you're on your own if you're there on your own. Just stand next to a group and tend you with them. Yeah, another top tip which um, Lucas was more than happy to sort of help us learn is um, when they give you a wristband to put in your bag. <laughs> um, <laughs> make sure you put the bag one on your bag and not your wrist. <laughs> yeah um our, our, our very special friend lucas um struggled to work out which one said bag on it uh, i was gonna say so... they did they did tell us which one to put on and which one to they were quite bag. clear in their instructions yeah which one considering, on he's, bag. considering he's got a child who's probably of the age where he's teaching him three letter words <laughs> b-a-g is bag so <laughs> Yeah, there's a genuine worry that he'd be sat in the bag collection and we'd be carrying his bag around. <laughs> that, was, that was a worry for a little bit. I've met Milo and all he knows is the IEIO, so uh, <laughs> no wonder. He's a bloody good clapper, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Great cheerleader. Excellent clap. clapper. Yeah. Um, yeah, so once the warm-up happens, uh, you say this pledge thing, which basically states that Tough Mudder is a... a a challenge, not a race, but obviously some people would race. And then you go. I mean, you're into the race then. And yeah, so it's 10 miles, 25 obstacles. Um, some obstacles were questionable. They weren't really obstacles. Um, challenges. But, yeah, they were, and they weren't, well, they weren't even challenging, some of them. But uh, majority of them are pretty good, actually. They, they do challenge. Um, they, they, especially if you, you know, like me, if you've got fear, sort of claustrophobia style, style things um or if you're not a fan of water they do definitely test and heights as well actually that was that was one as well so it does generally test most of the what would be common quite common fears um so i would 
genuinely have have a crack at it if you are scared of any one of those things. Um, and if you because if you are in a group, the boys or girls pull you around anyway. So yeah, I mean, Pastor, we I think we can talk about that. Um, there were kind of two obstacles that yeah. sort of really required going underwater yeah. but not really truly knowing where you're going yeah so i don't mind don't mind underwater i don't mind being in the sea being in a swimming pool that's absolutely fine it's just when you've got to go underwater and you've got to go under like a beam or whatever just because i had an experience where i tried doing that and then i came up too early and obviously you hit your head on the beam but you're still underwater so you're panicking your heads are in and you don't know which way to go how far you've got to go and it just i've never i've hated things like that ever since um so yeah, the the first one was you slide down a little tunnel into an ice bath. So again, I didn't do the underwater bit on that bit. I think because you land in the cold water, so you're already fucking not panicking, but your your body's in a state of panic because it's freezing fucking cold water. And then I was like, fuck, I've got to go under a, a beam now, and I just could not do that. But every, I think everyone else did, to be fair. And then the other one was just normal. It, it was cold water, but it wasn't freezing cold water. And I did do that, but the officer grabbed your hand beforehand and you you and chug i think pulled me through i think also as well you had time to prep yourself yeah so you mentally got whereas you into when, that space whereas the ice in, bath one I was, yeah i was in freezing fucking cold water i was already pan- not panicking i was already like fuck it's cold you were in shock out. like you were like wow yeah i and mean the thing is, we, we got really unlucky because the guy had told us just before oh, just yeah. before we had turned up they had just filled the ice back up so it was even more cold than what maybe some other people would have to deal with yeah, and and running up to that Arctic Enemo one um, with the cold, you know in your head, like when you're boiling hot, you shouldn't go into freezing water because it's likely that your body might go into shock. And they've told you this before, and they've said about heart conditions, and you're running up, and then you see in the medical vans like right next to the obstacle, and it does just make you panic a little bit, doesn't it? So you do need yeah. to stay in there and just. And breathe, breathe it through, didn't it? But I think with the combination of the water and knowing that then you had to do go under, it just sent you into that panic. Bit, a little bit of a shock. Yeah, I will say as well, like because obviously, as we said, this is my third one. I felt like the way they laid this one out was a lot different because for the first like ten miles, the first like two miles, there were only really three obstacles. And and they weren't the, really obstacles. It so it was like carry your mate on your back. Yeah, so and that a was the, that race. Was the thing. There, there wasn't thing. really like an obstacle to kind of get you stuck in straight away. And so it wasn't until about mile three that we then get to this one, which was truly like the first obstacle. So I think for you boys, you obviously now gone, and this was the first one you've now been presented with. Where in a way you got two challenges. You had to get ice cold water and then dip your head under a beam and get out the other side so it was it, like it was a lot to take in as a first like proper challenge whilst you're three miles in and already tired yeah and like you're saying about the whole hot chug was saying about the whole having a hot body going into cold water it was it wasn't a particularly warm day and it was raining but the water was still fucking freezing cold when you jumped in it so i'd hate to have done that on a boiling hot day, because I think there would have been even more of a shock and a bit more of a panic from from me, jump getting into that water after being hot from three miles of running. But that was the only bit I didn't do. I still still went into the cold war, uh, just didn't go under the beam. Apart from that, I think I did. We we all did every obstacle, did we? I yeah. didn't do one. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that's because I'm not a huge fan of water. Um, 
not many people know, I didn't actually learn to swim until I was 14. Um, my mum's got a huge fear of water, so she was always like, yeah, warned us against it. So <clears throat> I'm not massively comfortable in water. And the obstacle before um, was you had to do sort of like a, I think it's like a ring dinger or something where you got to grab onto like a swing and then try and hit a bell and then you fall into water. And it was six foot of water. And um, although I like to think I'm six foot, I'm definitely not. So um, <laughs> I, I was submerged in it. And as I'm not a massively strong swimmer, I sort of panicked a bit and I struggled to sort of get my bearings and swim to the sides. I, I could see the lifeguard twitching a little bit. Um, and this was only about a three metre swim at most. And then the next one, which I did dip out on, uh, was, I think it's called the Funky Monkey. It, it uh, was. Yeah, so it was a similar things where you got to do like a, a Ninja Warrior-esque sort of like monkey bars and swing across stuff. But it was, again, if you fall, you fall into six foot water. But the obstacles were getting higher. So really, if you fell at its peak, you were probably falling maybe 15 feet. Um, yeah, before you, Bruce, Bruce did fall and sort of landed sideways on his hip and he, he was hurt quite a bit after that. On his yeah. Hip, obviously. And because the obstacle was longer, you fall 15 feet and then you got to swim maybe, I don't know, eight metres. Yeah. So like, it, I, I just saw that and I saw the panic I had in the, in the one before and I was there like, you know what, it's just not worth it. Uh, so I bailed on that one, which at this point, that, uh, which is, I mean, I will aim to achieve next time. But... Yeah, that was the only one where I thought, you know, I just can't do that. I remember with the bell from... one, Sab, I had the biggest stack on that because yeah. I went for a swing and then I over-rotated because I'd like proper lent out to try and reach the bell. And because I'd thrown my arm forward, I then proper body slapped the water. Mm. And I'm surprised none of you boys like took the piss out of it more. I, I, felt, it, to be fair. I felt like it was bad. <laughs> I got out the water and I was like, that hurt a little bit. No, that's yeah. it. That funky monkey, though, I think probably was the hardest obstacle from start to finish for anybody yeah. to complete. Not only have you got an <laughs> we had a good time, monkey mate. bar. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to move on to. <laughs> Not only you got the upwards monkey bar. Yeah. The Ninja Warrior style rotating swing things and get all the way down that. I mean... And as we saw in a previous obstacle, I've got no upper body strength. And I struggle. <laughs> I don't think any of I us do, really, to, to be honest. Yeah, well, I struggled to get on the second monkey bar. So at this point, I didn't want to go round it. I just looked at you, Percy, and I just yeah. went, I'm going to go for a swim. Um, and literally, <laughs> just didn't even reach for the bar, just jumped on in, swam on through. Um, got out the other side and even getting up the ladder at the other side was hard work (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, I I sort of held on to the monkey bar to test out what my what my shoulder was feeling like and they just felt dead so when Chug said I'm jumping in I went yeah I'm doing the same and we just jumped in and swam across then I think me and Bruce got the furthest but we only got to like the fifth or sixth monkey bar but at this point it was it was tipping it down and we were, back, well, I think we were mile eight at this point. So we'd ran so far, we'd done all this upper body stuff, and then all the poles were wet. It just wasn't a great combination for us to be able to do it. So we kind of bailed on the fifth and sixth one as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's let's have a break there, and we will continue talking about the re- the other sort of obstacles along the way, and offering some tips on how to get through some of them. 
So we'll see you in a little bit. You are listening to The Bicky Podcast. I hope you're enjoying this episode. If you haven't already, please send us some feedback to thebickypodcast at hotmail.com and even give off, give us a follow on Instagram at thebickypodcast. But for now, back to this week's episode. Enjoy. We are, you are back in first time. We are back. Uh, part two of the Tough Matter, Guide to Tough Matter. Um, we are making our way through, yeah, some of the obstacles and chatting about the fears we had and the, the experiences we had. Um, Sam's not back yet, but he will join at some point. Chuck and Brookside are with me. Um, yeah, so other obstacles. The the one, not the end one, but the one before the end, the big sort of mountain, I can't remember what it's called. You have to climb, oh, um... climb up one side and go back down the other side. Yeah, I know the one you're on about. I can't remember what the name is. I, I, I don't remember seeing that when we were in the sort of warm-up area. So I don't know if they put that up later on. Because obviously we, we were the second lot of waves that were going off. So perhaps... So the, yeah, the first the first wave started at eight and they wouldn't have been done by nine. So perhaps they put it up a bit later on as we were going around. Well, I'm not sure. I, it, it, I think it, no, was it was there. there. It wasn't fully assembled. It was there. It, it was there. It's just so big. And like, I, I don't remember seeing like metal work. Like, you, you think it, you think there's some sort of like radio tower for them or something. Yeah, you think it could be an obstacle because it's so like just high, and you think, oh, you won't be going up with that without ropes or whatever. Um, yeah. You just don't consider it as a as a thing. I think you boys asked me as well, and I was like, oh no, that's I've never seen an obstacle like that before. Yeah, and I mean, so, they, do, they do. Yeah, they do tend to bring new ones in sort of every every few years. Anyway, yeah, to be, keep to, it fresh. To, to be fair, when I first did it, which I think was like back in 2016 or something like that, it, it was, I think it was about like 10 miles and it was only about like 15 obstacles. So the, they, they keep adding more and more. Yeah. Welcome back, Sam. We uh, are just talking about the the penultimate one, the big sort of climb up and then back down the other side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, for those that are, I'm not scared of heights generally. I think it was if it was I wasn't scared, but I was feeling when you look down you feel a little bit queasy. I think it's because it was a penultimate one. Well it's basically a right at the end because the, the final obstacle was straight after anyway. So you'd already done ten miles, you're knackered, you're wet, you're cold, and then yeah, you suddenly have to climb up this I'm not sure how tall it was to be fair, but pretty bloody tall. I was feeling a little bit weird getting towards the top. I'm not I don't I'm not scared of heights. I love I don't mind heights, but I was feeling a little bit like whoa. I reckon it could have been a good 60 feet in the air. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those ones where, like, if you fell, like, you would you fell. There was not a lot really stopping you. No, I mean, the net the net behind you was pretty close, so you probably could have swung around and grabbed it. It wasn't... Yeah. It, it's, not, it's not one that's easy to fall. It's a pretty easy climb. It's just... I think because there was quite a lot of people on it at one go. To be fair, so it's, it's like a volume of people there that are just around you, and you think there's a lot of people here. Also, as and well, get, get to the top because obviously there's a bit where you've got to go up, and then you've got to try and go down, and the bit where you like throw yourself over the top, and you're trying to like twist your legs position. So you yeah, thought like, that bit that bit was dodgy, like because you're at you're at the peak there, you can see out and look at everyone, and you're there thinking, if I slip here, <laughs> like this is really gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, according to their website, it's three stories tall, so. 
That's quite tall, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's fairly tall, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, My legs were shaking on that one. I'm I'm (laughs) 30. Heights, I'm I'm all right with heights, I think. But just just coming towards the end, like loads of people on there, you're sort of, you're overthinking everything. And then it, it was a bit of a worrying one. Yeah, I I found I was talking to a couple of other guys that were doing it sort of just behind me, and I found it seemed to finish quicker. So if if you ever got a genuine fear of heights, I'd say top have a go at it, top tip, talk to people as you're doing it because it just it's a bit like the scene from Shrek where they got to go across the bridge to the castle, and in the middle, Donkey gets shit scared and, and Shrek's taking the piss and swinging the bridge, but he's doing that whilst talking to him and they're they're both walking at the same time. Before a donkey knows it, he's he's off the bridge and it's done. So I definitely say if, if you're pretty scared, then talk to people around you and just make um, just chat about the course you just because they end right at the end of the course. So just chat to them about what you've just done and and the things you've experienced, and then eventually before you know it, you're over the other side and you're down. Yeah, well, there That'd was be a lab behind me. There was a lab behind me that was he was so scared of heights, but he was just going. Sorry to be selfish. Everybody, get the fuck out of the way. And he was going to get up there, <laughs> get over and get down. But like, he was quite rude, but everybody understood it was because he was scared and everybody, everybody helped him get over and his mate climbed back yeah. up to go like, look, it's all right, mate. It's all right. And it, it was good to see, to be fair. Yeah, it was. I think that's a good thing about, the best thing about Tough Mudder is that everyone is there for everyone else as well. The, the pledge sort of does make sense. It, it is a challenge, it's not a race. No one's there yeah. to try and beat you. The only the only person you're trying to beat is your is yourself, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think there were two obstacles that's really sort of um, sort of that that rang true with most. Oh yeah, that one was really fucking fun. That, um, that one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was I don't know what it was called, um, but tipping essentially point. that's not tipping point, is it? It's the one before that where um, you jump in the water and then there's a pyramid, a big block pyramid. It's a roller. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah. a few people hang on to it, uh, and then if you're still in the water, you need to push up on this roller to get them over, and then oh, people on the other side yeah. grab on and pull down. So um, if there's too many people on the roller, uh, you can't do it essentially. So that, that, that takes real sort of teamwork. So people sort of like yeah. hang on, look around the guys. There's too many in. They'll drop off. Because I guess yeah, the the ones that were maybe trying to get a decent time for themselves, were just keen to be the ones to be pushed over because they just wanted to get across it. And then because they were all doing that, there was no one left to push from the bottom in the water, so it wasn't going anywhere. Um, and then I ended up getting stuck in a fucking constant. I was there always pushing someone over. And eventually, I was like, "Fuck this!" I'm just grabbing the top and waiting for someone to push me over. Now, yeah, I, I, I think I was the last of the group to get over. Not because I was last there, but just because, like you said, I think I was stuck. I did about nine pushes before I was like, "Nah, I, I need to <laughs> yeah. get over this." I just, I just grabbed the top and went right. I'm waiting for someone to fucking push me over. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, once that's you, always a great one. So once you get over the first one, there's in a second. So um, yeah, there was two rollers. That that, that for me, that's probably my favourite obstacle. Yeah, right, um, I like that one. Because you're in the water, you're getting a bit mucky, and it's teamwork, it's a bit fun, it's not something that you'd normally do. Um, so that was really good. And once you, that, it felt like an achievement to get out of it. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one, which was the third last obstacle, 
was Everest. Yeah, Everest oh, was my yeah, favourite one. Cool. And that's probably the most famous, well, one of the most famous Tough Mudder ones. Uh, and that's because if anyone's ever seen like Ninja Warrior, you've got to run up like a vertical tw- the 12 foot, something like that. Something along those lines. 12 foot wall. And then there's people at the top, other like competitors, which catch you and drag you over. And then you hang on for a little bit and do the same for other people. So again, that's like, where the teamwork comes in. And yeah, like you're, you're willing other people and your teammates to get over it because it, it felt like a bit of an achievement to get on, on top of that. I think Chug had a good time on that one. That, that, was, that was my favourite moment of the whole entire day for me because um, four, four, five of us had got up and Chug had tried previously to get himself up. But as Chug's already stated, has no upper body strength. So when he um, was And running... also, Chug has this unique ability where <laughs> his, his legs move unbelievably fast, but he doesn't act him himself, doesn't actually move fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like uh, there was a bit where like so chug, chug had tried previously because me and lucas had got to the top because some of the uh a group of lads had helped us get up and chug gave it a go it was just me and lucas but chug was just hanging there and it was like he, he had no upper body strength so he, he let go and he went back down and it was only until five of us were there and up got held and I think the whole entire place at this stage was just watching us <laughs> drag him up just to like get him yeah. up there. And like, after Chug got up, there was a round of applause that went out. And that was my favorite bit of the day. Yeah, that was good. Attempt, attempt one, it was a bit of a um, sort of Jack Titanic moment because you boys <laughs> were hanging on to my arms. I knew there was no hope. And I just said, let me go. <laughs> let me go. Yeah, you, you honestly you were just like let me go boys it's okay let me go <laughs> and then second time you we were all up there um i made my run i i hung on to the the wooden bit and i just relied on you boys and then sort of there I, I remember seeing percy you there and jamie you there and then all of a sudden Grievo just comes out from like <laughs> this like mall of people. This is where his, his scrum half skills come in. And he was picking me up and he was round the back of me and he right, right, I'm having you up here and just this <laughs> thing. And then I just fell onto you, didn't I, Grievo? And I was like, Thank you, mate. <laughs> yeah, I that I was I was not letting you fail. I I was this if the one thing I do all day, I've let myself down on the running. But if I can get you over this, then I'll do it. So, yeah, I think Lucas and Jamie had your arms again. And I just thought, nah, he's not slipping for a second. So, I, like you said, dived over. I think I, I, I grabbed your head with one arm and, like, under your waist with another. And I was just... Every ounce of my body was like, you're getting over this. It's not happening. And then I think Ryan sort of saw my determination. He jumped in. And, yeah, all five of us were clinging onto you, dragging you up. Um, and yeah, you, it was a magical moment. Yeah, I can tell you, boys, that uh, the bruises from that obstacle have only just gone down. Um, <laughs> where I was hanging on, and you were pulling me over by my lock, and they just the, the top was like digging into my like biceps. Oh, it, <laughs> it ripped me up, but it was worth it. We kind of made it lucky on that because, um, obviously, during, at, throughout the day, as we said, it had been raining. But lucky enough for us, towards the end of our sort of four and a half hours, it dried up a little bit. And the first year I attempted it was when it was raining. 
And that obstacle becomes 10 times more difficult because it's basically a long plastic sort of like hard, um, hard plastic. It's like a a skateboard ramp. Yeah, but it's plastic. So the moment water gets on it, you've got no friction and it requires you to utterly sprint up it. And I've I've got a a picture from my my first Tough Mudder where I'm just I'm covered in mud and I'm sliding down it because it's just raining. So we got lucky that it dried up towards the end. Otherwise... I think it would have been nearly impossible for any of us to get up. Yeah. I think no top tip and something which I sort of learned from watching Bruce did it after I was up <laughs> is trust trust your feet and go for those extra steps because what you boys were able to do was run and then run get those few extra steps and then jump into it. So you don't you don't actually have to use your upper body strength to push yourself up as such. You're already there. Um, I think I think I managed to do it that way where I. I managed to run up so high mm. I was able to get my tor- whole torso over the top anyway so all I had to do was swing my legs up rather than pull myself up yeah whereas I ran to the point where I could grab the bar and then yeah. I then couldn't do the rest yeah, yeah. If, if you get your, your armpits if you get your armpits on the top of it then you can do a little bit to get up and you rely on other people but yeah if, if you would just try and do from hands and that was just never happening. Your <laughs> your arms were locked. You had you had your hand <laughs> That was it. There was nothing helping you. <laughs> you were you were essentially dead weight. That's what you were. Yeah. Um. Talking, Jamie you mentioned you, you, there was a picture of you from first year. From the first year, you did it. Um, covered in mud. Talking of being covered in mud. Um, it's nice because. Sort of the last few uh, obstacles before the very end are sort of water based, so it's nice that it sort of cleans you off just before the end, so you ain't got to worry about having too much of a shower. Um, and if you get through the final obstacle, you know, scot free, you, you're clean, you're all not clean, but you're, you're as clean as you can be given it that it's called Tough Mudder. I know where we're um, going with this, Jamie. However, you, you, you didn't you didn't have much success on, on the final obstacle, did you? No, I did not. <laughs> so the final obstacle is. Again, probably one of the one of the famed Tough Mudder. Um, it's, it's it's an electric sort of a load of electric dangling wires that that fall just above the floor, basically, over a big mud patch with some hay bales sort of obstructing your way. And you basically just got to run straight through. Um, if you get if you if you're lucky enough not to get shot or not to get shot in the, in the right places, then fair play, which is what six of us managed to do. Um, but if you do get shot in the wrong place, uh i.e. Your, your sort of leg area as you're trying to make a jump or a run, it, it deadens your legs a bit and you end up falling over and splatting into the mud. And then because you can't get yourself up, but you're still entangled in all the wires, you're getting more shocks as you go. As you go. And it's weirdly weirdly enough, Percy, that what you've just said happened to me. It did really, mate. It did really. So, oh, so the thing that annoyed me with that, cause so I think because you boys had never done it before, you didn't know what the pain, what potential could be. And so I think almost like naivety helped you a little bit in kind of just being like, fuck it, let's just do it. Whereas because I have done it previously and I knew how much it could potentially hurt, I think that played in to me having to do it again because I had done it like a couple of years back and it, it, it was so painful, that one. I remember not wanting to do it again but because all you boys did it i was like well, i have to now like i can't just bitch out on the last one and it doesn't help either 
that Bruce then does the Conor McGregor walk all the all, the whole entire way through. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it was yeah. just this day. So my tactic was I was gonna sprint. I felt like I found a line where I felt was the best. I was going to dodge the most wires. Um, and I think they said that the wires turned on every three seconds. So it wasn't every you, it would be like that. It would be maybe every so often some wires would hit you and shock you. And so I went for my run. It wasn't too bad. I got, I think I got shocked in like my hip something and I was carrying on. And there was two, there was two hay bales, like row of hay bales. And I got past the first one, got to the second one. And I needed to jump because otherwise it was, I was going to have to slow down my sprint, take a step over. And I thought, I just need to get out of it as quickly as possible. So I get to the hay bale and I make my jump. Uh, and if I jumped successfully out of this, I was out. I didn't need to worry. Unfortunately, two of the wires at the same time hit both my legs. Which basically, <laughs> when you get shocked by this electrotherapy, um, basically, it kind of puts you, in that moment, it puts your muscle into spasm for like a split second. And the issue is when you're jumping in midair, you kind of need your legs because otherwise you're going to stack it. And because I had both wires hit both my legs and my legs went into spasm, I'm now just falling almost face first into mud. <laughs> <laughs> so right at the last second literally about five meters away from the finishing line i stacked it in mud covered myself <laughs> and then <laughs> the next day uh, chunk could even like uh could say because he was with me the next day i had a limp the next day because my knee got fucked a little bit because it's swollen up so i was having a bit of a limp <laughs> but oh that i think that's the thing the electric one is not my favorite that i i hate every single electric one that there is yeah, yeah. Go, going going back to Bruce. Um, so there's a electric one a bit earlier on, which is like similar, the electric eel. similar, similar basically. But you're you've got to swim through the wires rather than run through the wires. Um, and and this so this is our first experience um, of of the electric sort of shock side of things. Bruce went first and got to the end. And was just flapping one of the wires about in his hands. He was like, this is, this is fine. So, because that's what Bruce, that's the sort of shit Bruce does. Um, yeah, so then when it got to the main electrotherapy at the end, he, he did the whole, he just walked through, Conor McGregor style, arms out, shoulders swaying, and yeah. Even even the stewards on the obstacles, like, why is he doing that? She She was amazed, because she'd never seen anyone do it before. <laughs> at this time it was about what half one so yeah. she had, she had seen because like they got volunteers who stay on the same one like all of the day so it, that was like the first kind of person she'd seen all day do anything like that but yeah, yeah. I, th I, I only got shot a couple of times and I got once on my leg and once on my neck and that was because <laughs> I was running uh, my arm went forwards, fling the wire, <laughs> and it zapped me in the neck. Um, that was quite painful on, on bare flesh, but yeah, at least didn't stack it. Yeah, how'd you go? I think um, I'd, it's a weird one because Jamie's sort of saying about the pain levels. I would say it's a three out of ten on actual pain. It's just a very weird experience that it's just, it's like it death, just death jolts. Yeah. It just jolts your whole muscle, and you're 
it's it's like you're being clicked by a chiropractor or something um but yeah i got shocked a couple times and but luckily i I didn't stack it (laughs) i think that's most likely a top tip don't don't run or, or jump through the uh through the wires well you can run don't just don't jump yeah yeah well just don't stack it <laughs> that as well could do that <laughs> um any other any other, what was your what was your favorite obstacle then let's go around and pick our favorite obstacles um we'll crack we'll start with Griefer. yeah probably that roller one i mentioned earlier i think yeah. that was that had it that, that had it all didn't it yeah yeah, I'm with Grieve on that one. Yeah. Um, when I do it next time, I'd like to gain the upper body strength because I noticed you boys were able to push yourself up and turn your body on that one, so you went in feet first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some people stabbing in. Flopping face first yeah. like a seal. Um, there is a fe- there's a famous picture of Chug just eating shit on the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, get it, I get it on socials. Okay. Okay, <laughs> yeah. We'll do a few tougher ones on socials. There's some good ones we got. Also, I've already put the group one on. Um, yeah, Jamie, your favourite? Oh, um, in terms of favourite obstacle, oh, I don't know. I would, ha- would kind of have to agree with Sam and Chug, but then I feel that's a bit boring, so... For me, I think Everest was my favourite just because of the moment we had with it. Yeah, good choice. I really like the mad, the first mud run, just because I think that they had music there in there, and it was just, it was just, yeah. it was just good vibes. We we're all we we're all in a pretty good mood by that point. We'd done a few obstacles, we'd, we'd warmed up pretty well. And we were like, yeah, it's going to be fun. The second one wasn't as fun. Me and Sam had certainly given up by that. <laughs> <laughs> but the first one, yeah, it was. Hard and it fucking hurt because it just rocks everywhere. Like, oh, that was the yeah. Like my but my it, hands, but... I I just found cuts everywhere. Yeah, just because there were rocks in the mud. Yeah, but it I did, it was quite fun, and I think we were all splashing each other. And there was our first um group photo opportunity as well. There was some good photos of us putting each other out at the end, and then we sort of jumped in front of the camera. Well, so what would you um, what would you say is your least favorite obstacle that you had to do of the day? Definitely the ice one. In terms of having to go under, if I didn't do it, don't yeah. mind, mind going into an ice bath. That's fine, but yeah, doing that and then having to go underwater with a beam, not 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 a fan of that. But I, that will be my target, which we're going to. Yeah, mine mine would have been Funky Monkey if I had done it. Yeah, um, but I think it was an easy one. But for me, it combined a couple of like fears. Uh, that was the one where you got to line your back in the water and drag oh, yourself hour. along. No, because I'm not great with water, and oh, it was like yeah. so it was like splashing up in my face. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't escape it because I was underneath this fence. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really, that, that wasn't a good one for me. That was lovely and peaceful for me. I thought it was a quite nice one. That's the thing because it was easy, and I struggled on it. I hated it. Yeah, Chuck. I think for me, it was the first set of monkey bars we did, uh, or anything. It was just do a set of monkey bars, and I think at that point <laughs> I realised really how bad my upper body strength was because I was trying to give it a go but I just I just didn't have anything to offer and I couldn't like go to a swim I just had to sort of like walk through it a little bit um so yeah that was my least favorite okay um yeah uh once you've done it you get a free t-shirt you get a headband different color depending on how many you've done you get a beer which was vile 
uh, and you get a massive bottle of water. Um, and then it's the recovery phase. And I'd say we're pretty expert on, on how to recover from exercise. There is only one one way to recover, and that's to have a beer. Yeah. Or several. But a nice cold <laughs> pint, from like draft pint, not, a, not the shitty can they gave you at the end for free. Top tip, I will say, don't yeah. sit down after you've done Tough Mudder because you're going to struggle to get back up. Yeah, I nearly made the mistake because a few of us went out after and I got home and made the mistake of sitting on the sofa. And I, nearly, I contemplated thinking, texting your boys going, I'm not going to make it, lads. I can't be bothered. But you, you described it to me in sort of sporting terms that I was going to be an impact sub. And I was very keen then. And I got ready straight away and came and met you. <laughs> so, um, Percy, you've just given the top tip of beer, have a beer. Yep. How many beers did you have before you started getting on the shots when we went out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I had that many before I got the shots out. I was pretty keen to get them going. So, so a shots bet or, or not? Um, more mental recovery, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Men- yeah, they make you they make you forget the pain that you had. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely <laughs> forgot I was in any pain by the end of the night. Exactly. I only knew I was in pain at ten o'clock next morning. <laughs> that was a different kind of pain. Yeah. See, I was in a lot of pain straight away because I went back to some vegans. So I was in <laughs> physical and mental pain. We will say, we will say this though, Sam. That is your own fault. Hundred percent. Because when yeah. we came round to have a barbecue, I remember Molly was showing us the calendar, your lovely calendar that you have in your kitchen, and she was showing us all the dates. And I remember she flipped over to August, and on the weekend of Tough Mudder, I didn't see Tough Mudder written down. And so I said, oh, Sam, uh, 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 do you know it's on that weekend? And you were like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing a barbecue for vegans on that weekend. So after I do Tough Mudder, I have to go straight back to cook a barbecue for vegans. Yeah, don't get me wrong, guys. It was my own fault. I get, I, I get that. I'm not annoyed at anyone else but myself. Um, but I mean, it was all right. I just, because obviously we were all knackered. I just couldn't. I wasn't the hostess with the mostess, unfortunately. Um, but Molly did that. She was cracking. So I just had to deal with some vegans for a bit. I will say, Sam, we we also have something else that we, we were very disappointed at your attitude to do the recovery phase. That the rest of us boys were doing. Yeah, but I was already we, at home. We um, had per- we had Percy on standby to give you an Uber. I, I know, I know. Who but... stated several times, <laughs> "I'll get him an Uber." Do you know what? I'm just going to get him an Uber. The, the guests didn't leave until about nine o'clock, and by then it was just a no go. I don't think. Did you sit down? But yeah, sat a lot. Nah, there you go. That's the issue. Should have took our top tip. Yeah, and I, I didn't get any of the sporting references. I wasn't called a super sub. <laughs> uh, sorry, mate. I didn't get any of that. I remember that next time. Yeah. <laughs> there um, we are. Yes, all in all, definitely recommend. Very good occasion. Um, good thing to do with your mates. And yeah, actually, we're going to try and make it an annual thing. Mm. Uh, next one is at Beaver Castle. Beaver? Um, Chuck's seems yep. to have dipped out. Yeah, unfortunately. I feel like what you boys are going to have to do is you're going to have to do a couple without me because I'm very much... I've got four... Well, technically five headbands now. 
from Tough Mudder. I'm on to the blue one, and you boys have obviously got your first orange one. So you might have to catch up in a, in, a, in a little bit. You might have to do two a year. Yeah, well, they, only, they stop us at some point, don't they? So we will eventually catch up if we just keep doing them. You don't, technically, you don't get, yes, you don't technically, no. For, you don't get one for every single Tough Mudder you do. No, so that was my times three, and I think then they give a four to six. So yeah. then at that stage, I have to do seven to get the next one. Yeah. But the max, the max is fifty, isn't it? Just when you get your last. Headband. We did, we did see you two or three people who were walking around with a fifty-plus tough mother headband. So when you've done fifty-two, and we've done fifty, we have the same headbands. <laughs> let's let's see, let's see how long it takes. <laughs> I'm, very I, keen, I, I'm very keen to reach fifty. Well, we'll be seventy-six at that point. <laughs> do one a year. Not, not obviously not do one a year, but I'm keen to try and reach fifty. All right. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. Uh, you won 50th of the way there. Hey, baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's wrap up. Um, Chug has just dropped back in, I believe. Yeah, sorry, uh, connections a bit. I, sorry, I think I'm back. We're just we're going to wrap up now, anyway. Um, yeah. So, what are your main targets for uh, our Midlands adventure? Start with Chug this time. Yeah, I'll go. Well, just to be able to do some some of them upper body. Your connection's pretty shit, mate. So what do you want? me? Um, I would. Oh, I was pre- I, I was at a point where previously I could do a couple of the other upper body ones. So like Chug said, I would like to be in a better physical condition where I could give. Like, for example, the Funky Monkey want a really good go, even if I don't complete it. I'd like to maybe get, like, over halfway and then think, oh, I was so close to doing it. Yeah, cool. Uh, I want to be able... I want to be fit enough to be able to run or at least jog the entire way. Obviously, there'll be a few walking moments, but, I mean, let's just put a number on it. I want to be able to be jogging at least for eight miles of the ten. Um, yeah, I think in terms of because we're gonna we'll do it as a group again, obviously. Yeah, we could knock it down to say half an hour shorter. I think three and a half hours. All, all the running combined, if you do more running combined, I'll probably knock about a half hour off in between. So I reckon, yeah, we could not add a group, so that probably includes your personal target. Mm-hmm. We knock half an hour off the time, roughly. Yeah, and I want to be able to be confident enough in the water to do all the obstacles. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm gonna, I'm gonna absolutely smash the ice one next time, and Good. I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna into the water straight under and going for it. I like it. Not even give myself time to, to talk myself out of it, basically. Yeah, lovely. Um, that's been a quite a fun one actually, reminiscing. Um, it's nice to what you do. We all do different things still. We could, like we could have gone into more detail, but I feel like for the listeners out there, it's also we explained everything. It, yeah, it would take all the fun out of it. Want, you don't want to know all 25 obstacles because um, you want to experience them yourself. We've talked about the pretty big ones and the ones that might, you know, bring up some fears that you may not even know you had. Um, so, yeah, five steps to being successful at a tough mudder. Uh, get fit, not fat. 
Yes. Number one, get fit, not fat. We tried getting fat, not fit, and it didn't work. No. I'd say brackets, be able to run eight miles. Yeah. You, you, you don't, yeah, you don't have to do a competitive time, but just be comfortable running for at least seven, eight out of the ten miles. It makes it, it makes it far more enjoyable. Yeah, there are there are going to be walking bits. There always are. It's nice to walk because you can chat more if you're in a group anyway. Yeah. So it's nice to walk at times anyway. But yeah, be able to run at least seven to eight miles. Uh, step two. Don't put your hand up if you're the only one. Yes, step two. If you're on your own, just fucking stand there, people. Don't admit you're on your own. Uh, step three. If you can, go in either fancy dress or some yes. sort of group. Yes, that's something um, we, again, that's something we didn't do. And we realised as groups were going past us in matching sort of tops and stuff, it did look a lot better. Yeah, it looked it looked good. So we are looking at doing that for uh, for Midlands. But yes, go go as a yeah matching tops or a fancy dress or whatever. <laughs> uh, Rodney, what's your top tip, mate? <laughs> Chuck, step step four. Train. Have you said that? Train. Yeah, we've done that. One. We got so step one is get fit, not fat. In brackets, <laughs> you know you want to be able to jog at least seven to eight miles of it. Yeah. Uh, step two, don't put your hand up if you're on your own. Just stand yeah. there in a group and pretend to be with them. And step three, do it in fancy dress or matching tops or whatever. Step four. Do not uh, run and jump in the electrotherapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a side um, tip, I think. Get yourself some caramels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we won't give any context to that. Step five. <laughs> Get Carrymore's, just elite level shoe. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. But then step five, uh, five point five. Don't be the person who's at the bottom <laughs> when the Carrymore's <laughs> on your shoulder. I don't want to. Expl- oh. I don't want to explain it, but I feel like Chuck will understand because nine times out of ten, I was always going to be the last one, and so I had to deal with a lot of pain at some points. <laughs> Yes, there we go then. Um, there are your steps to success at Tough Mudders. I hope you all have a go at one, at least. We're going to do 50. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, yes, we will be back next week, I'm sure. Um, who's going to be on that episode? I have no idea. It just, it's just, who knows? I mean, sure I'll potentially be there. I feel Ooh, like we, we, yeah. we, we, we all know who will definitely be here, Mr. 100%. If yes. you know, you know. If you know, you know. We got it in at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll definitely be. We're going to be a bit more active on the socials, I think. Definitely. I'll get some tough mother pictures out. I'll get Jamie's basement picture out. Um, and we'll do. I said I was going to do a vote on the last one of who should be the official third member. So I'll actually get around to doing that this time. I, I also think, I think as a, as a collective, we should all vote in one song for the playlist. That would be a great motivational tool for Tough Mudder. That's a good idea. Should we do that now before we go? I'll, throw the, I'll throw the classic one out there of doing Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> it's not Zumba, mate. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah. beat my suggestion. Beat it then. Quite easily. Um, <laughs> any dirty Russian trance bass <laughs> <laughs> yes yes dirty Russian trance that's what you want that to 
Um, I, uh, you put me on the spot there. I, I can't. I might have to come back next week with that one. <laughs> Could I just say, Ridley's just sat here pissing ourselves <laughs> thinking of Jamie getting on to the Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I have what's called an acquired musical taste. <laughs> it's so basic. I love it. <laughs> Uh, right, we well, yes, we all, we all, we all bring those songs to the next um, pod. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, see you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cheers, bye.